When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, hustlers, we know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by AWS, the world's most comprehensive and broadly adopted cloud platform. Use AWS now to lower your business costs, become more agile, and for faster innovation. Apply now to get $1,000 free credits at hustleshare.com slash AWS. Also by TagCash. Spend, play, earn, and build a mobile wallet super app for your startup. Go now to hustleshare.com slash TagCash to apply and get your startup's mobile wallet. And... Caliber is the easiest, most convenient way to get hired. Caliber Tailor fits the perfect job for you based on your unique skills. Hire the best people for your company at www.caliber.com and use the promo code HUSTLESHARE. Caliber, where jobs find you. If anyone has planned with me, um, it's line by line understanding every single KPI, every single thing we will do to contribute to our overall targets and goals. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Bate Young. Welcome to episode 76 of the Hustle Share podcast. My name is Ronster and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by AWS, the world's most comprehensive and broadly adopted cloud platform. 
We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast contains not safe for work language, so make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. Because today, as we wrap up our National Women's Month edition of Hustle Share, we're going to be talking to an amazing female hustler. And her name is Arian Cater Koo of View Philippines. And Ari is going to share with us how she started out when she graduated and how difficult it was for her getting a job back in the U.S. because there was a recession during the time that she graduated, which led her to go to the Philippines despite having no network and no experience marketing in the Philippines before. Ari is also going to share with us how it was like being a core member of Zalora when they were starting out here in the Philippines and how she was able to grow along with the company during her four-year stint there. She's also going to share how it's like replicating the success of Zalora across Asia and the whole world. She's also going to share what led her to go back to her purpose and go back here in the Philippines to be the country head of view and stick around till the end because she will give useful tips that you can use during the quarantine like how to run a team remotely how to properly do planning for your team and how to thrive as a girl boss so if you're ready to learn the hustle behind view philippines let's begin this episode right now Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We are again remote. If we're not remote, then please blame us because we're not supposed to be not remote. And today we have an amazing hustler. Uh, again, this is our last episode of our National Women's Month uh, uh, feature. And we're very, very lucky to have her despite her busy schedule again. Everybody's just busy being remote right now and being um, thrown off of what we were supposed to do. But welcome to the show. Arian Kater Koo. Ari, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ron. Okay, so Ari, um, I, I always said I've had your husband here uh, as my season one finale. And again, um, it's rare that I get to have two amazing uh, a power couple in here. But today is your show. So Ari, just like everybody else. Just today, I'll- it's always my show. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> View. Okay, so that's what it is. So, Ari, what is your hustle? Uh, so, currently, I serve the View Philippines team as their country head. Mm-hmm. Um, we are a video streaming platform focused primarily on premium Asian content or what uh, Filipinos know us for Korean dramas. Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> For the past couple of weeks, ever since Chloe came out, my mom just recently retired. And when she watched Crash Landing on You, it was game over. Now she's on her next, this guy Yoon Bin. It's been the biggest thorn in my ass, right? Because even my, my fiance is head over heels for her. So I understand the hustle now of how big K-pop, K-drama, and anything Korean culture is, is, is like. What was that? But before I, we get carried away and talk about you, so we understand it's one of the biggest uh, streaming platforms out there. 
I need you to buckle up because we're going to ride the Hustle Share time machine. And we're in, into the Hustle Share time machine because before you started doing this K-pop stuff, um, you, you, you were doing different hustles. And I, I, want, I want to dissect that a little bit because this is not uh, a, a common path a lot of people go through. And again, um, I want to understand when you were uh, studying or re- growing up, did you have any prior hustles that you had to do when, when you were uh, coming up? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I graduated part of the, the batch of the latest, not the current recession okay. or the one that we're about to feel, but the 2008. Okay. So I graduated oh, wow. uh, college in 09 um, out mm-hmm. of SF. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, it was almost impossible to find a job at that time. Right. Um, I decided that I would work with a headhunting firm to find okay. opportunities outside of the U.S. So actually, I'm oh, born and raised in the U.S. Okay. Um, never lived in the Philippines. Um, was scouting places in Hong Kong, Singapore, and it just so happened that I found a place, an opportunity in the Philippines. Um, right. How was the Philippines in 08? I mean, because, I mean, the, the financial, uh, the, the Great Recession, that's what they were calling it uh, back then, was, was really bad. A lot of people lost jobs. But in the Philippines in 08, there was, we felt it, but not as much as all, all the other countries near the U.S. where we're dependent on the U.S. That's correct. So, um, Phil- so to be honest, straight out of college, my eyes were bright, and I had uh, joined a nonprofit company called DKT, um, right. where I uh, worked on business development uh, for new products. Okay. Uh, for most DKT of the people- is the one producing the condom brands. Is that correct? Correct. So, for those of you who don't know, um, they were the largest manufacturer, currently still the okay. largest uh, manufacturers and distributors for. Trust, Premier, and Frenzy condoms in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there was a, uh, let's say, recession at that time. But um, in the industry I was in, the biggest uh, debate was the RH bill. Mm. So that still, was, until now, un- still unbelievably, until now, yeah. 12 years after, <laughs> I mean, 14 years after, we're still, I mean, no, 12, 12, my math is off. Um, <laughs> we're still talking about it, and it's still not, it's still a bill. It's not a law yet. That's correct. Um, it was, but it was more heavy in debate. I think it was really um, a time where it it's, we started uh, taking over kind of the general public and mm-hmm. the voice of the young people. And um, it was a pretty scary time, to be honest, coming from the U.S. to with uh, to the Philippines. Had never been here before on a professional level, vacations right. and things like that. Right. Um, and then you're thrown into this. Catholic, corporate, super conservative, <laughs> right? Yeah, um, but they did amazing things. They're a nonprofit company, actually. If, if most what was your know. role when you when you when you joined them? Because again, um, if you look, again, standing you a little bit on LinkedIn, um, you you were a business development consultant. When you do BD for a, and you said it was nonprofit. <laughs> what exactly do you do in in, in reproductive? Uh, stuff like this because it's, it's hard. <laughs> That's true. Um, it's it's a funny conversation. So the the company um, had stable products. Again, um, yep. they they produce not just the condoms, but they had uh, pills. Right. They had gels. They had shots. They had all, everything essentially. Right. And my role was to look at um, 
new products, skincare line, um, how wow. to speak to women. Yeah. So we were taking the reproductive aspect of the company, but then creating an entire lifestyle brand around it. So that, oh. and that was really the, the main drive to the growth of DKT was even though it was a nonprofit and never acted like one. Okay. Um, you know, we were on the cover of Cosmo, of FHM, right. of all these magazines. And they've never also get put put their, I mean, their foot out of the pedal. They're always on, 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 on the attack of, especially, you know, with now. I mean, just a couple of years back, we are the fastest growing. There's there's a pandemic before this COVID thing. There's an AIDS pandemic AIDS, yeah. uh, with what's going on. And they've always been at the forefront doing that. So mad props to them. So what are the skills you had to learn to, to, to be, to do what they were doing? So it's lifestyle driven, perfect. But what type of lifestyle campaigns were you doing back then? Because how, how can you even wrap it around and, and still um, talk about reproductive health back then? Sure. Um, I, the main skill, to be honest, uh, coming into the Philippines market was learning how to work with the Filipino. I am actually half Filipino, okay. um, but again, being born and raised in the U.S., it's a completely different world when it comes to business. Um, and particularly at the company, um, there's a lot of tradition in play. There was a lot of cultural um, things that I kind of just had to learn along the way. Um and so it starts off with understanding, you know, the Filipino, right? Oh, um, not just in the corporate setting, but um, also on a consumer perspective. And mm-hmm. it took me a while, to be honest, uh, mm-hmm. because um, when you're young, you know, you're really trying to prove yourself. Right. You're trying, you think you know everything. Mm-hmm. And I think my biggest challenge and kind of what I learned was you really have to step back. And it does take time to understand the consumer behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent a good year. Actually, I'm still doing it today. It never leaves. But um, right. uh, particularly when you're studying, you're looking at market size, you're looking at behavior, you're looking at trends, you're looking at um, right. just conversations, like down to to just observing people. And mm-hmm. that's what we had to do for a long time to really understand them. Nice. Awesome. So, okay. Um, after this, you joined a company called Zalora. And I know some dude that worked in Zalora for a while too. I would assume you met each other there. <laughs> okay, but awesome when you program. jumped ship to Zalora, what was that conversation? Again, you were doing reproductive and now we're in fashion, right? And Zalora in, in, in 2012, 2010-ish was right on the cusp of, you know, this is the pre-acquisition days, right? Or was yeah. it, were they acquired already? No, this was, this is, I'm uh, employee, uh, one of five of the first employees. for. Zalora. Oh my God. Wow. So what, yeah, what was it like? Well, if you're um, such a, the, the core of Zalora, what was it like growing it? I, I'm, I'm pretty sure uh, Brian was still there. Uh, yes, actually, Brian was uh, the one who recruited me particularly. And then Martin was, um, who knew Brian and Paolo. So. Got it. Um, early days. So actually I had left DKT and, and I, again, going back to understanding the Filipino, I knew I needed to build a network here. So I actually signed up for Ateneo to take my master's. Um, yeah. And it was during, no, it's still Rockwell. 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 Yeah, it's actually Rockwell proper. Exactly. (laughs) Um, 
Right. They, uh, during that time, I had actually met Brian while I was studying in a coffee shop with one of my um, uh, classmates. And oh, so it was completely serendipitous. You didn't know him prior. It was, yeah, correct. Wow. Um, well, I mean, I had just kind of, I moved here, right? I didn't really know many people. Cool. Um, and so I had met Brian and then, you know, maybe a few months later, he had messaged me on Facebook. I still have the message today. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> That's saying awesome. That he started, yeah, saying that he's starting this e-commerce company and he's trying to, you know, hire people and, and this stuff. And back in 2012, no one, you couldn't ha find anyone who had worked in e-commerce. It was very difficult even to find someone who had shopped online, right? Mm. Very rare in the Philippines. Um, shopping online was really actually through Multiply, right? Mm. Or Sulit back then, C2C. Sulit was, yeah, still had, yes, exactly. So you have the classified uh, type sites. Mm. Um, and so I said, okay, but I'm in school, so I mm. will work for you during the day and then I'll do night class. So right. I, so aside from starting from ground zero, I was juggling between starting a startup and then wow. going to business school. Luckily, yeah. I remember the Zalora office was just right in Jupiter. That well, brown even building. before that was that was the second office. Actually. Oh, okay. The very very first office was on Palisai Road. Um, oh wow! Small, tiny. I would say probably less than fifty square. Wow. Um, aircon barely worked. <laughs> it was like one aircon in in one room and another. Oh, God. And yeah, we had started it. Um, January of 2012, and so mm -hmm. what, by the time we started growing, we were getting more headcount. It was right. summer, so that's when we expanded into the Jupiter office, which gotcha. was the old spa building. Right, right. No, it's good. It's right, right, right near Kubo. It's very near Kubo. It's by BPI, or I forgot what that's, that bank was. Yeah, that side. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if, if that was it, so you had to juggle school, night school. And hustling, those are two full-time jobs. How are we able to make, do do uh, both well? Because one can already be a, a you know a big challenge, but for you, you did it both well, and you stayed in Zalora for a while, right? How, how did you get through this? Um. So, I, oh, sorry. No problem. That, that's <laughs> it comes to the territory. It's home. good. All right. At least there's no chickens. Some other <laughs> some other recordings I've had is like, oh dude, that's a chicken. <laughs> I will not cut this. This needs to be heard. <laughs> so at least it's a um, tiny dog. If that was a great day I would piss my pants, by the way. <laughs> You're safe. You're on screen. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Um, what was it like juggling too? How could you do it? Right. Well, yeah. all right. So, to be honest, I have been very careful with my time mm -hmm. uh, ever since, and mm -hmm. you really have to block that time out. Um, right. Of course, developing a company from ground zero with young people—it's it, just so much more. It's just sexier than going to school. Absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> so, of course, I would say that my attention at times would skew uh, to to the responsibilities I had to grow the business. Mm -hmm. um, because at that point, you you really don't know if the next month you're still going to operate. Mm 
Correct. And that's what, that's the level of startup we were at is every month we're kind of holding our breath. Do we have enough cash flow? Mm-hmm. Are we growing fast enough? Are we getting enough suppliers? Are we making sales? Mm-hmm. You know, in some points we're, you know, delivering parcels ourselves, like down the street. Wow. Um, we're taking photos. We were writing product descriptions. We were mm-hmm. finding sellers. Um, we were doing everything to get the, the business going. Um, Luckily, um, so I was on the marketing team for Zalora and then we had started heavy digital marketing at that time. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of the professors at Ateneo started noticing that. And Mm -hmm. the great thing about Ateneo was there weren't a lot of e-commerce, um, there was not, there's not a lot of e-commerce. Absolutely. That was alien back then. Correct. Um, particularly one professor, Professor Raj. Um, was very intrigued because you could see it. You could feel it. it. You couldn't be online in 2012 without seeing or having a Zalora ad follow you. Correct. And that was our work. And so I think they understood and a lot of my papers, my mm-hmm. even my thesis was based on my work at Zalora. And, Correct. Um, I so even Lisa thought, was easier because at least you're just talking about what you do and the other during the day, right? Yeah. Also, Ateneo at the time was very strict with the the number of years of experience you had in, in work, and oh. because I didn't have, I was one of the youngest at the at, in my class. Okay. I didn't have a lot of experience in corporate, mm-hmm. and most of the people who are at Ateneo at that time, in 2011, 2012, are bankers, right. uh, accountants, and right. um, very corporate FMCG, mm-hmm. and. I kind of had to go in there saying, well, I'm trying to start this business. Uh, <laughs> and what, yeah, the network I would imagine is exponential in terms of the type of, aside from the experience that you get from your peers and whatnot, eventually you would have to work with, the, with them one way or another. That's correct. And actually, um, a true testament to kind of my overall objective of going to Ateneo to build a network was to find... Um, well, a network, right? And so right. we actually hired a couple of my classmates to work at Solora. Oh, wow. So you were able to source out talent there still. Yeah, and, and even today, there's still some of my close friends. Um, Earl, for example, is uh, one of the marketing leads for Itigo. Um, wow. And another friend, Nathan, has done a great entrepreneurship with his own businesses. So That is amazing. All right, but before we talk about how you now moved up the ranks and how, what else did you do in Zalora and after your Ateneo grad school um, experience, let's take a break. And then we come back, let's talk about that more after the break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We're still with Ari Katerku. Um, uh, back back then, it still is Laura. I'm not going to tell him she's from Lazorna. She's from View, obviously. But Ari, prior to the break, you already told us how, how Ateneo Grad School helped you. Again, I, I've had so many also, um, a lot of people who went to Ateneo Grad School who, it's a living testament of how amazing uh, the, 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 not just the learnings, but also the network you can build through that program, right? So after that, and did you go full-time now to Zalora? Uh, and what was the bigger responsibilities and how did you grow Zalora uh, while you were in there? Sure. Um, after about, I think I had a, about a year overlap between school and develop and working to build the company um i was then tasked uh, by paulo uh to co-head the development of what we call the marketplace, the marketplace. um so myself, yeah so myself and and who and jess who is now the cco um, of zalora philippines chief commercial yeah. officer um we developed the marketplace the marketplace if those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's exactly how Lazada runs, where you have a list of sellers who in independently manage their own inventory, their production, um, their their photo production, and then list their products on a third-party platform, which we call Seller Center, um, onto the website. And they have access to all of these Zalora customers. Okay. Um, so she, well, she managed the uh, seller acquisition, so finding all of the small businesses. That was the strategy at the time to find the Chungay sellers. Right, uh, right. But it's now the Instagram shops, mm -hmm. um, those kind of guys, the Filipino brands, really. Mm -hmm. um, and then I managed the operations, finance, um, and customer experience. Um, and so we had developed this thing, not really knowing where it was going to go, but if you look at marketplace as a business model for e-commerce, it's really their way to grow exponentially without increasing cost. Exactly. Um, operational costs, essentially, because mm -hmm. the warehouse is a limited number of parts, uh, space, right? Got it. Whereas marketplace, you can activate, you know, millions of SKUs mm -hmm. or products uh, without having to 
increased capital. Correct. Because it so, still sits with them. You're, they're just adding another channel to technically sell their products. That's correct. And on the website, right, if you think about the superstores now, like Amazon or the Zada, Shopee, um, it's all about how many products you have per category. The so SKU battle. Whoever yeah. has the most wins, right? Yes. But for you guys, it's not just a flood the market kind of approach because you also had to curate uh, the, the SKU. So you can't just sell the same shirt and everybody's like, hey, have a, that, sh that Nike shirt sells cheaper than, than, than yours and whatnot. There's a lot of curation that I've seen in Zalora because it's very fashion-driven, right? It's not just like, again, uh, whatever marketplace. It's very, very highly curated. Sure. Well, at the time, you don't know, right? When you're first starting a new business, you kind of, um, well, the, the digital mentality then was very shotgun and then okay. see what users like and then you cut back yeah. quickly, right? Yeah. And so um, that's that was that was really the mentality. Nowadays, of course, I think curation, particularly in fashion, is so essential because people just don't have the patience to look mm -hmm. through pages of stuff they don't need, right? Or right. don't need relate to don't matter to them um and so um we it was our responsibility to do the volume game right so as many get as many sellers as many products ship as many parcels and then get collect all of the data use that data to drive the decision for the curation mm -hmm. um and that all had to happen within a year's time oh and my god so we we successfully did that we signed on i think within the first Four months, four thousand sellers. What? That's crazy. Yeah. That's amazing. We need four thousand sellers and at least a thousand SKUs. Mm -hmm. um, and not only that, you have to train four thousand different sellers how to do e-commerce. Was that the know. biggest challenge, though? Because it's I can still imagine the biggest challenge today. And right. Yeah. I mean, imagine a, how four thousand. And again, I'm not. I'm not trying to belittle, but they all come from different form, shapes, and sizes, right? Like, okay, some people are properly educated and are aware of how e-commerce works. Some of them are totally, you know, uh, naive, right? How did you make that work? Because that's a lot of evangelization you have to go through. For sure, and and to be honest, they all start from brick and mortar. So their mm -hmm. operational processes, their team, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe they only had two team members um, manning a wow. store and how to figure out to align. Well, I think the biggest challenge was, yeah, the onboarding is how do you align your inventory at the store, mm -hmm. your inventory online? Because wow. a lot of the systems that they had were not that way, right? They'd mm -hmm. have to manually do it or, you know, in, in some cases, if they became super, super popular, we would always have poor customer experience because the seller would be like, oh, we don't have it anymore, right? But okay. it's still listed on the Zalora platform. Right. So the the jump from getting sellers, brick and mortar sellers, to teaching them how to do e-commerce was not just for Zalora, but even for themselves, right? The whole vision was that as a community, we would help everybody grow and, and and become digital and mm -hmm. they would learn from us and you know eventually they'd, they'd figure it out and hopefully they too could have their own online shop right yeah. and a lot of them did and so um but they i mean of course when you go onto online and you have your own e-commerce shop the biggest challenge mm -hmm. is finding customers to go to your absolutely website. right and you still have to find a way somehow to drive traffic to your own store because i Correct. mean zalora it's does that for you yes. correct uh but 
if you totally depend on the the whole platform to drive traffic, then you're you're you're, you're crazy and <laughs> doing that. But there's one thing that I'm very amazed of how how sticky your cookies are. It follows me everywhere. And you said it before, like you know, in your thesis, uh, it follows you everywhere. Is that a growth hack that you had to develop within the company? Because you know, as, as people now, it's normal, you know, people, uh, back then. But this, you you guys are the first local ones that I've seen execute this. Where when 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 I say cookies, just for those ones who don't understand what the cookies are, um, cookies are basically this, this these tags or or little sorts of code that that follows you that, okay, you've seen a certain SKU. And even if you do that, there's this thing called retargeting and remarketing that follows you around. If you added to cart or you viewed an SKU to push you further to convert and change your mind. How did you guys do that? Sure. Um, so in when we first launched our digital marketing strategy in 2012, Actually, there were no agencies at that time in the Philippines who were doing digital no. marketing. And All they do is CPM. That's it. Well, in 2012, they were only managing Facebook page in the Philippines. Oh that was what God. agencies considered digital, right? What? And um, <laughs> it was you could create your Facebook page or yeah. even your YouTube page, and then right. you know, we would figure it out. So we didn't use we, we even today we still don't use agency or mm -hmm. Zillow doesn't use agency. Um, because a lot of, there's so many things at that time, there weren't a lot of controls, to be honest, right. not like today where they're constantly changing the algorithm, they're constantly changing the policies. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a lot easier to figure out the logic of the system. Um, I don't like to use the word hack. Um, right. it is essentially there, but, um, to be honest, it's, it's, if you read closely and you understand it enough you could figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. I think it was just so foreign. The language was so foreign to so many people right? Um, that they just didn't get it yet. Fair and enough. so we had worked with um, a couple really talented people to, to figure out how to, to do that. We also worked very closely with Google um, wow. at that time because mm -hmm. Google had no office here. We were still talking to the Google US. Oh, US. Um, not even yeah. in Singapore. Wow. Okay. Not even Singapore. Okay. Um, it was even before they had the full Singapore team talking to other markets. Right. Wow. Because That's how it, yeah, because even today, how Google Singapore or Google Network works is if you're right. not big enough, right? They toss you What? To, are you kidding yeah. me? You it's all based are... on. No, now, of course, Zillow is, is there, but right. um, back to then. Um, well, we were we were by far the the largest spenders in market when it came to right. digital marketing, mm -hmm. and we had an incubator from Rocket, so yes, we had correct. knowledge sharing from Europe. Okay, let's wrap this this Zalora part of, uh, wrap up your Zalora era of your life. Uh, you said um, that it, it says here in your LinkedIn again that you became director of operations for the marketplace, which we discussed. And you became regional operations manager, and you went to Singapore. How was that transition like? Because being head of a, or doing marketing and marketplace here in the Philippines is already hard, and you're just going to be doing regional ops from Singapore. I can only imagine. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it, right. it was. It was pretty. Um, it was a very fast-paced time. Um, 
Right. It was because of the success of my co-head, uh, Jess and I, that because we grew the Philippines market so fast and we had created great processes with our sellers for onboarding, right. we were closely with our logistics team or logistics partners. We didn't even have a logistics service at that time um, or it was just starting to get, you know, the customer experience at par with a normal Zalora order. Right. Um, was that success that brought us both to Singapore where we essentially carbon copied that in every market in Southeast Asia. Uh, so we launched wow. in, in uh, Vietnam, Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore, um, and Thailand. Mm. And then that success in the region led us, um, well, we were then as a group acquired by Global Fashion Group. Wow. Um, which then led me to Russia, Brazil, and Australia to do the same thing. This, the formula that you said, um, I'm interested, and I'm, I'm going to be very selfish about well, th- this question here because I'm trying to replicate what I've been doing here in Podcast Network Asia in the Philippines, and I think we've, we've built a big enough traction and we're ready to replicate that across the region. When you say you've found the formula and carbon copy it to other countries, is are there really? How do you know you can still apply the same formula, and what pivots do you have to do to localize each content? Because it's not a round, round hole and a round uh, peg all the time, right? You have to make pivots down the road. That's that's true, and um, to be honest, it starts the major. Well, you look at the overall process end to end. Of course, again, the customer experience is what we're always looking at. Um, that was at the height of you know delivering happiness and all of those things still is important um but uh you the main restrictions on on adaptation was really largely based on government regulations logistics policies things Mm. that you had to do so that was the adjustment um the other was again understanding the consumer in each market um and again going back to kind of my experience the very beginning in the philippines is in the in Vietnam, you know, they didn't care if it was delivered in a day. They could wait, you know, X number of days. Um, mm. Whereas in a more, you know, Singapore market, yeah. they needed to have an option to pay, you know, 20 bucks more to have it delivered same day. Wow. So you had to figure out these, again, understanding the customers in each market mm. and then adjust accordingly. But the framework is essentially there. You just make slight Changes, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's how you get scalable. All right. What well, What was the What was the main catalyst to? This is hard. You. This is technically your baby, right? And you had to like say au revoir to. Wow, I, I've never said that ever. <laughs> but I don't know where that came from. <laughs> what the, holy shit! I'm bringing something. I'm saying out of fucking here. French now, bro. Like I don't even know. Um, <laughs> Wow, I, I'm I'm so amazed. How where did that come from? Um, I say goodbye to Zalora. Well, what 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 was it that you had? That's that's extremely hard because I'm pretty sure the amount of, of investment you've had, not just you know physically, emotionally, but emotionally, was was so much. Definitely. Um, actually, one of the best takeaways aside from building my network in Ateneo was being able to define my purpose. And there are courses in, in, in the graduate school that help you kind of write that out on paper. And um, 
it was there that I decided, and, and also going through this whole experience with Zalora, that I wanted to be part of the next generation of leaders in the digital yeah. space. Um, because I had that opportunity and it was yeah. right there and I just needed to grab it. Mm-hmm. And so when I, but when you're young, you also have the tendency to take every opportunity right. that comes to you, or maybe you should, not everybody does this, but I did. Um, and so every opportunity led me to a different country even. And I was sitting in Russia and <laughs> thinking, you know, um, this isn't my purpose. Um, wow. I decided a long time ago that I was going to be in the Philippines and I needed to do these things. And why am I here now in Russia helping Russia? Wow. Um, so um, it was that moment where I decided, okay, um, I need to go back to the Philippines and I need to start continuing to go after my mission in a serious way. Mm-hmm. So, and what was that mission? If you if you don't mind sharing, what was, yeah, what was that purpose? Uh, well, my purpose is really again to be part of the next generation of leaders. So, along that along that growth path um, for the last five years when I was in Solora, it's not only growing a business a business unit, but mm-hmm. in the startup world, you go from individual contributor to all of a sudden a manager to all of a sudden a leader and then a director with zero training and. I learned a lot in the, I mean, from each, each step. I mean, you say some things to certain people, you see the reaction. It's, you know, you, you learn really fast that, you know, people are so important and just throwing them because they're smart into a job title doesn't necessarily And during my travel, so it would take, you know, 30 hour plane rides wow. every four days to different markets um and i would read constantly about leadership um training myself on how to to do this successfully okay awesome now let's take our last break and when we come back i need to know what you did next after you figure that out like all right i need to come back to the philippines i don't know if you saw a korean k-pop star in russia but I want to find out what led you to view when you did this. And let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Crowd Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. 
Hey hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with GCash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag Uno Ready Savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag Uno Earn or hashtag Uno Boost Time Deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag Uno Earn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back for the final part of our Hustle Share podcast with Arian Kateru of View Now. So she was in Russia. She went Black Widow on us and it's like, nope, I am not going to do this. I'm going back to the Avengers and going back to the Philippines where the action is. So after that realization, you said, all right, this is not my, pur- my purpose. I want to be part of the next generation of leaders. What did you do? How did you come to the opportunity of heading View in the Philippines? Sure. Um, I had actually come, come back um, with a plan to take a break. Um, and some reason the break led me to starting also another my own business right 
Threads. Hey Threads. Um, hey Threads, which um, we just sold, but um, oh, you did. It a, yeah, it was a pre-love omni-channel. We had a brick-and-mortar store and a online shop. Um, this is with Christina, with right? Yes, and my sister. I remember now where I when I first met you. Okay. Oh, I've talked to you before through because my <laughs> co-founder and chatbot PH is Stephen. Oh yeah, Stephen. Right, yeah. we were trying to make yeah. you a chatbot before. Yes. Right. Okay. So like, All right. I think there I we talked go. Talked to Ari before. <laughs> <laughs> what up? So you sold you sold hey threads. We did. Yeah. Okay, awesome. We, it was it was sad. It was sad because we ha- we knew we had to both let it go, largely because okay. she she's also starting her own business um, okay. called Hyper Local Farms, and then okay. um, I had to run View, and okay. and View became larger than life. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> so naturally. Yeah, and you say, "Oh, my God, I watch it every day now during this fucking <laughs> lockdown." Um, <laughs> Well, you, you sold threads, and let's talk about threads a little bit more. So, you, it's, it's for pre-loved uh, clothes. I remember what you guys did. Sometimes some of them came from celebrities and whatnot. Some of them, but, but these are not just like hand-me-downs that are like ah, they're taking up. Uh, th- these are loved items that people had to have a difficult decision. I don't want to let this go, but hey, you'd be better off with someone else. What was the value prop that you, you did and what were the things that you applied in Hey Threads that you learned from Delora? Yeah, for sure. We um, looked at a sustainable ecosystem first and foremost, where right. the vision was if you were a fashionista, let's say we, we had noticed also with the emergence of all the fast fashion companies, mm-hmm. you know, Forever 21, H&M, Zara, all of those mango coming in people were increasing volume mm-hmm. in their closets, right? right. And with no space. Mm-hmm. And so the vision was that these people would, you know, a Zara, if you buy from Zara, right. maybe. <laughs> I did. I have a bomber jacket from Zara. There you go. There um, you go. As a female, when you buy from Zara, you maybe only wear the product four times wow. before you wash it and, Maybe you took a photo with Instagram and you don't want to wear it anymore, right? Um, and so that product, that item, while it, you as a, a, the owner might not wear it, doesn't mean someone else will. So what our value was that we would take, we would um, source products from, from people with these massive fast fashion purchases, mm-hmm. um, resell them um, at a more, even more affordable than fast fashion already is. Wow. The larger public um, and then curate and and going back to your uh, statement which is very true about curation and how important it is particularly in a pre-love setting we wanted to make sure the experience didn't feel like you're shopping in right so I I personally mm-hmm. would check each item wow. for stains or tears for mm-hmm. quality mm-hmm. Um, and then um, Either inbound it, it inbound it into our warehouse and our store, um, and then we would sell it to the general public. And That's the vision crazy. was that we would curate so well that even the people who were giving us the clothes um, would still shop with us as well. So wow! I hope they didn't buy the same that. item that they gave away. <laughs> like wait, let me take that back. Give me that. Give me that jacket Not back. Hard. 
it's sometimes wow. you see it differently. It's you know merchandise in another way, and it brings new life to these these clothes that maybe have been sitting in their closet. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. So again, repurposing value as well, because sometimes just because it's just there and it's idle and it's you know people are like mm, you know what maybe I can let this go, but my goodness, you guys did an amazing job. Yeah, it was um, it, it was really a passion project for both of us. And today, I still I'm still very much a thrift shopper or oh. or pre love and mm. all of those things. And I'm glad that actually the person who um, who is now running the business was our general manager. So she actually ended wow. up buying it from us. Yeah, because she wanted to continue the purpose, and mm-hmm. and she she she's expanding it and rebranding it, but. Um, it's great to see that there's a whole community that we've, we've created around Absolutely. this. Okay. But some of the learnings. All right. Well, those learnings, uh, what, what, what was the learnings that you said? Um, we, so what we noticed, what, or what I noticed particularly in my experience in Zalora was that um, we kind of, there's the mall setting and then there's the super online, exclusively right. online. And, what we wanted to do at Threads was create an omni-channel mm-hmm. um, and a platform like uh, Shopify was able to activate that. And remember I was telling you the challenges in marketplace where people couldn't manage their inventory in the store and online. Mm-hmm. Um, we found a way to do that. Um, and it, it was great to see how we were able to even integrate our Instagram shop, our Facebook shop, all of the inventory. Because in, in it's not like fashion, it's not like a fashion store where you have four of the same size shirts. Right. We only have one item. So right. if it was on, like, the customer experience would be horrible if mm-hmm. everything was just sold, mm-hmm. we can deliver. And the only thing you can actually do with that is to probably alter it. If it didn't fit or whatnot, say so you bought something. In, yes. In well, we uh, the difference also between us and kind of Uga Uga is we also offered return policies. Mm. Um, we guaranteed, you know, quality again, um, ensuring that the sellers who brought in their stuff to sell with us, where all the stuff was washed, things like that. So. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Now let's talk about view. How did you go to Korea, and then then the <laughs> Get 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 this thing, uh, this opportunity again. Because again, as well, one thing I've I've, I've learned through this whole um, journey of yours is that you you by moving around so much, you the right opportunities just come to you, and you literally it just comes and it makes sense. Is, would that be a fair assumption? Um. So opportunities happen to everybody all the time. Um. When I accept one, um, again, it always leads with my purpose of, do I have the opportunity to lead a team? Do I have the opportunity to get, again, when I look at my purpose, it doesn't really, if, if you think about my purpose of being a leader, it doesn't matter if you are in e-commerce, if you're in fashion, or if you're in any industry. Um, leadership starts with the leader, right? Um, and their culture, and then it, kind of infects everybody else around them. Right? Absolutely. You know, um, from a zero to one point of view. So it makes sense in that, in that case for me. Um, again, going back to industry wise, it's so 
there's so many opportunities in the Philippines for new industries to come up that it's difficult to say, oh, I'm an expert at this. So I'm just going to stick to this field. Mm-hmm. Um, because even the people you hire mm-hmm. will be experts and you'll have to somehow all have to figure it out. Absolutely. Um, so, it, yeah. Video awesome. <laughs> streaming and e-commerce are two very different <laughs> worlds. Correct. So let's talk about Vue now. When you got to Vue, how did you get in there and what was... You said you're, you now have an opportunity to lead people. Were there people prior to you coming in or you had to build the whole team from scratch? Uh, we, there were two people. There was mm-hmm. a graphic designer and a oh, uh, wow. content person okay. who helped select the Korean titles for the Philippines market. Mm-hmm. Um, so I joined the team also, um, employee number three or four, I think. Wow. Um, and I had to essentially build, it took me two, just two years to build a team of 25. Wow. What would it, now, from, from this point of view where you, you're, you're restarting again, similar to how you did to Laura, what was the culture that you wanted to build? Because this is your purpose, right? You wanted to lead. What were the non-negotiables you had to really be stern on like all right this is what we're going to be this is how we're going to do it and what are the adjustments that you had to take uh, also who are more who, that are more flexible of how you built the team um that's a great question um to be honest i i didn't know um i didn't know going into it and um it's only when you learn that it's only when you step back and realize that again, you can't lead a team without a purpose mm. kind of thing with me. So one of the very first exercises with the three people we had a team yeah. um, was for us to figure out what were we doing here? What was really, what are we really trying to do at view? Mm-hmm. Um, and the three people who had worked there were hardcore K-drama fans. They were part wow. of these your communities um just to give you the size of this market we're talking about almost 30 million filipinos who i know i know a handful of them already (laughs) (laughs) they don't go out of the house they fucking watch this and binge my goodness sometimes oh you live here i have a niece who lives with me it's like oh you fucking eat i don't know you anymore do i have to talk to you in korean you want some guilt <laughs> they're hardcore my god and there's a lot of them and so this is just philippines uh. so um the interesting thing about this community is they are a very solid community mm-hmm. um and when you think about the ecosystem of entertainment because right. i'm also not i was not from the entertainment industry right. there's the glamour and there's hollywood but it all starts with um, the consumer watching the content, right? They're paying for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're buying the merchandise. You know, they're feeding the industry. The mm-hmm. actors get paid. The networks get paid. The, the crew gets paid. Trickles down. Yeah. All of it happens. It all has to kind of circulate um, right. in that ecosystem. And when you think about hardcore K fans, um, they they believe in that ecosystem. They actually are very well aware that they have bias. They have to stand an actor. And that's part of the whole um, emotional connection of 
of the space. And so when we step back and we look at the purpose of what VIEW was, and it was really for us to create the sustainable entertainment industry. That was our job. Mm-hmm. Because in the Philippines, so much content prior to us launching, actually in the Philippines, majority of the people who pirate here, mm-hmm. aside from porn, it's <laughs> Korean entertainment. Absolutely. I would fucking agree. <laughs> And yeah. even more than Hollywood, actually. So yeah. Kiss Asia is a pirate site. Um, Tor- pirate Bay. All of these these illegal sites are huge here. Right. And the Filipinos think, or they don't know, actually. Not all of them are aware that because they download from these sites, they're actually, you know, not standing or, you mm. know, supporting. They're stealing from pirate. the content makers. Correct. Right. They're stealing from the people that they love the most. Mm. And they really love them. Right. And so it was our job to make sure that we created a platform that supported the industry. And it was right. a simple And it was our job to make sure they knew that we were here. And I've been checking it out. You have Parasite in there already. Yeah, we're the only Parasite. one. We have exclusive distribution My for Parasite goodness. in the Philippines. So if you haven't watched Parasite, right, they are the best picture in the last Oscars before everything got locked down. I've watched it in the cinema, but man, now that I I see it here, I'm gonna watch it again. My goodness, this is probably the the best. I I'll, I'll ask my mom to watch it with me. She probably hasn't watched it yet. <laughs> Respect <laughs> and, and 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 Parasite. But okay, what was the so you you built the team, you have it here. What was the management style you had to put in here? Because you know, as a girl boss, you know, let's just call a spade a spade. Um, there's not, in terms of ratio, there's still a, a lot more male executives. And there's a chip on, our, on the shoulder of a lot of women executives because you have to really push it through. And people, you know, for some reason, weird reason, which I don't know why we're in the 21st century, you, you don't get the same amount of love and same amount of authority, right? And I'm just putting it out. As a male, I, I recognize that. How did you put in, in that management style that, that allowed this team to thrive? Uh, great question as well. Um, I was actually the first female country manager in view. So wow. all of our markets, um, we had male leads. Um, first female, but my boss and my boss's boss are all female. So it's interesting nice. to see the dynamic there mm-hmm. and the different levels. Um, but the man, my management style, um, I actually spend insane amount of time planning. Meaning, I would say three total of six months out of the year, I'm planning with my team. Wow! And um, it's it's the last three months of the court of the year, and then midway through the year to reforecast. Mm-hmm. Um, and the planning, if anyone has planned with me, mm-hmm. um, it's line by line understanding every single KPI, every single thing. Wow we will do to contribute to our overall targets and goals wow. like literally to align so if you join the team you know exactly which line you need to look at and every month what is the task that we believe we need to to do to get us there um so i do a lot of front loading on that planning right. um so that the rest of the year i'm basically like okay i don't need to talk, talk to you Got anymore <laughs> Because you've already made that buffer six months prior Correct. to that, right? Yeah. And you just tweak along the way, like halfway or whatnot. 
Correct. So, for example, we had huge plans this year to bring in um, big K-pop acts, right? We had so many concerts lined up for the first quarter even of this year. And obviously those didn't happen. Um, and we had to re-forecast and replan and figure out what are we going to do instead. Now, a lot of startup founders, a lot of zero to one uh, entrepreneurs or also zero to one team members don't have this in their back pocket, right? Uh, the ability to plan. A lot of them are very reactive. There's no proactiveness or if they are, they're just like literally half a step uh, thinking ahead. And that's not enough because, you know, you're always, there's always going to be some fortuitous event that's going to sweep you off your feet. What's your secret in properly creating a plan and executing it? Because I myself, I, maybe my best skill right now is, is persuasion. Persuasion in any form that I can see, but I'm not the best planner out there. I, I can pull up a hack or two, but how does one properly plan six months ahead on the dot where you literally have to not do anything anymore because you've seen it have foresight? Um, planning is creative. Um, and this is, this is, it's creative and analytical at the same time. But I would say that the first stage of planning has to come with creativity. And then when, and that creativity is where we, as a team, kind of, again, step back from your day-to-day, -day, like the Zoom-in job, and you think about, okay, what would be really cool, right? What do you want to do? Um, also understanding, on an analytical perspective, what's happening in the market, right? What are the, the shifts in behavior? Who are our competitors? Um, what's happening on the political side? So you kind of have to take into all of these factors um, because if you don't, a lot of the time as a leader, it's my job to understand, you know, this outer, you know, the competitive landscape, you know, who's growing, who's not growing, what businesses are shutting down. You hear a lot of things from the industry also from your friends. Mm -hmm. um, what are the new businesses you can partner with? A lot of people think that that's only the job of, you know, a few in the company. And I think what we do differently at VIEW is that it's everybody's responsibility to have ears and eyes open to the industry and what's going on around us. So we use a lot of Google alerts. We, mm. we follow key, um, key keywords um, in the industry and partners around us to monitor um, the status. Because mm -hmm. if you think about it, even the graphic designer know, for us, even wow. the graphic designer know, you know, what's going on in, in our competitors world. whatever or whatever yeah. okay <laughs> yeah or like you know disney plus what's happening there and a lot of the time when i interview people and i ask them you know they say they've been in you know a position or or company for you know 10 15 years and then you ask mm -hmm. them okay well what's going on in your industry a lot of them don't really know how to to evaluate wow. and because they're so engulfed in the business that they're in, right? Mm -hmm. They know a lot about how to maneuver through their own politics, to maneuver mm -hmm. through their own processes. Mm -hmm. But part of, again, planning and doing this as often as we do, you need to understand that outside perspective, that creative process. Absolutely. Then you wow. dive down analytically to see the opportunity. That is amazing. I'm learning so much out of this. Like, uh, good <laughs> thing that it's recorded. I don't have to take notes out of this stuff. All right. Now, you 
prior to this uh, thing, you prior to uh, pressing record, you said that you are now in a uh, set in a remote setup. Everybody's swept off their feet. You cannot plan for this. Nobody knew that 2020 is going to be the shittiest of shittiest year. Right? Started with a volcano, all these fucking shit in between, and now it's a COVID, right? How did you transition to doing a remote setup? I mean, I'm pretty sure now the plan was there to at least hold people accountable. But how did you pivot into a remote setup and still... Uh, thrive because it's high time for content consumption now. I'm pretty sure you guys are off the charts with with consumption because people just have nothing to do. But you can't run a team like that without proper the proper the proper bells and whistles in place. How did you guys do that? Uh, so we lead or I serve a team um, of amazing young smart people. Um, and again, going back to understanding the behavior of the Filipino, it also changes by generation. Right. Um, and it was actually tough for me because I came from a, you have to be there every day type mm-hmm. of culture. Um, especially when you start a business. Um, and when I, we grew view, we realized that that's just not going to happen also. Mm-hmm with these new people, right? This next generation. And so actually we always kind of had, again, the planning concept comes with the fact that you have to do that Mm -hmm. because not only is it good for the business, Mm -hmm. you have to do it for the team, the team's um, culture, because young people today, especially in digital businesses and, and what they're reading, all of the, you know, new wave business models and all of these things, they, they know, they know that mm. um, they could go to any company and they could have, you know, lunch served to them and they can work from home. And so I think working from home has always kind of been in our DNA mm. because of the, and then in order for us to make that work, the planning had to really come in and that's where everybody had to get involved. Mm. And it was no longer just the few at the top who do the planning and then trickle it down. Everybody, again, even down to the CS agent is planning with us. And um, it it takes that level of energy. And and some people hate it that period of time, but then they realize (laughs) that it actually helps them, right? They could choose to work from home and I don't, I don't really care Mm -hmm. as long as, you know, you're doing what you need to do. Okay. How do you make them accountable? Because again, trust obviously is the main factor in this, but there has to be a check and balance somewhere. How do you make sure that everybody is still hitting their, their shit technically without uh, you talk, micromanaging them from a remote point of view? Uh, so we have uh, onboarding. Onboarding for us in the company is so important as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of the onboarding process, we do skills training. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this one particular one that I, I train the team is called Urgency versus importance and calendar management. Got it. So essentially out of respect for everybody's time. And, and another thing in, in startup world is you actually end up working a lot more than Correct. you could technically work a lot more hours than you probably should mm-hmm. if you don't manage your time properly. Mm-hmm. And so out of respect for them, we always block off, you know, the eight hour day and 
each hour everybody's trained on okay this is you have to tell your you have to be essentially wake up every morning come to the office or not mm -hmm. and your day is already planned for you mm. to commuting time down to wow. um down to great lunch break down to calling your mom down to you know ensuring that all of your meetings are pre-planned and booked um so it's a it's a it's a discipline onboarding course mm -hmm. that we do because everybody needs discipline <laughs> if you're gonna if you're gonna kind of let the the reins loose um and they don't learn you don't learn that in school and so Correct. we don't teach them how to discipline their schedule and their time then mm -hmm. it's so easy for them to turn on view and mm -hmm. they do and watch all day long right how do you get buy-in because everybody regardless of where they came from have their own habits right that that they whether it's good or bad you know that everybody comes with their own shtick person like ah i'm used to having this but you have to break that to get that buy-in and have all those line items uh, executed to the dot. Um, how much time do you allocate for them to develop those new habits that you said are, are important upon your onboarding? Um, that's true. Everybody does have their habits, and we have we have a lot of morning people. We have a lot of super late night people, mm -hmm. and the challenge is how do we get everybody to work together? Right. Because at the end of the day, we're all trying to hit one common target. Mm. Um, we do allow for that flexibility. We do know that there are night people, right? There are people who are sending emails at 2 a.m. I think it's mm. largely because they're watching their K-dramas all day, but <laughs> um, that's okay. They were I mean, crying they somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. They can. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it, it, and my old self, I'd be like, this is not okay. You know, you mm. shouldn't be sending emails at 2 a.m. But then right. I also realized like, well, on view, a lot of our ep new episodes come out on midnight, right? So ah. they probably. Um, <laughs> so if someone's crying in your team, you have to really double check. Like, are you crying because something's going on in your life, or are you crying because of what you're watching? It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Oh, well, it's most of the time it's because of what they're watching. Oh god. Um, but yeah, so it, again, it's allowing some flexibility, mm. but. You can't, I mean, at the end of the day, we are one culture and we are one team. So there are overlaps as well. I mean, we do have leaders who have families who also mm -hmm. prefer to be home, right? At mm -hmm. like, you know, reasonable hours. And then we have the young young guys who want to come in late and then, you know, stay late, which is okay too. And there is overlap. I mean, it's not like a complete BPO scenario where it's night and day, but right. um we have to allow for that flexibility. But at the end of the day, if we don't see um, our teams, like if there are complaints, mm -hmm. which there are, um, of people, you know, not contributing or, or there's, you know, slack offs, mm -hmm. uh, we address it from, from the very beginning of the, of the onboarding process. What are you not doing? Mm -hmm. um, because if they're not doing, it's typically a sign of, if they're not contrib like contributing, they're probably not following this process, right? Got it. Right. All right. Now, last few questions before I let you go. I know you got to eat lunch with with, uh, with what Martin has prepared. I don't know what it is, but I hope uh, I get some of that. <laughs> Just kidding. But okay, what's your advice for girl bosses, girl, girl executives who are in a similar spot or who want to follow the same path 
that you took because you did a remarkable job surrounding yourself, you know, coming from zero network, coming into the right opportunities. And now you have this whole, again, empire, Korean empire, the kingdom uh, around you. But how, what's your advice for them? Um, the one thing that I've learned, well, okay, so I have, I have three key things. Um, the first one is, and any leader, and it doesn't even have to be female, I think what's most important is taking a step back and, and observing first. Um, a lot of young leaders, um, female or not, we're so eager to jump in and kind of take control and show and, and prove the world what we can do. Um, and I think what's important, particularly in the Philippines and what I've learned is that a lot of the time you have to listen first. You should always listen um, to what's happening to the people around you, to any scenario and understand. And then from there, you can make the proper judgments. Um, jumping in and assuming things never really helps any situation. Um, the second point is... Uh, as females, um, particularly in my life stage, um, I'm married. I have my first child on the way coming next Congratulations. month. Congratulations. Um, we have a lot of things that we need to balance. And um, it was actually one of the, the hardest things for me this year was, you know, typing up that um, email to my boss to tell her that I was pregnant um, because of the stigma behind career and, you know, are you going to prioritize your family and, mm -hmm. and all of those things. And, and we have, we have to realize, at least for me, um, I've created a, a world where, you know, my, my work is also my family. I don't really have a work life balance per se, mm -hmm. because, you know, the people I work with, I love them. Also, I care for them. Um, they come over, they hang out. Not now they don't, but okay. <laughs> in another time they will. Right. You would be thrown out of the building if you came over. <laughs> like, why are you here? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's finding a way. I mean, my husband also, luckily, we're both, uh, you know, running our own businesses. Right. Um, and so we, we can also bounce ideas off of each other. Mm -hmm. um, and lastly, continue to keep learning. I read one leadership book a month. I have a wow. subscription to Audible mm -hmm. um, on Amazon. And I, with my subscription, I get a free book every month. I don't wow. read it per se because I, you know, I listen to it on commutes, things like that. And you have to keep learning. And because there's so many things that change and there's so many different perspectives, um, keeping yourself fresh um, and motivated mm -hmm. is what will keep you going. Um, because it's so easy to get stuck in, in a specific place when you're comfortable. Got it. I asked Martin the same, the same question by, uh, a couple of months back. But what's the best advice you've gotten over this whole pro uh, career or journey that you've had? The best advice I've had was the planning. Okay. You have to plan. And um, to be honest, when you go look at planning to executing, which is what we've talked about, majority of your time is spent planning so that your execution is actually quite smooth. Um, that. That's even to, down to the meetings, to the agenda, not just your your forecast for the year, but even your day, right? And that's that's the best advice I've ever learned is the forward planning helps you really prepare for, for that, challenges. 
is amazing. So again, thank you very much, Ari, for sharing hustle and hustle share. Congrats and advance for the baby. Uh, I hope the COVID is already better by that time because yeah, I can't imagine how difficult it is to, to get checkups and all that. For that, before before we let you go, Ari, invite over people to check out the Korean dramas and Parasite, of course, on you. What do they do and how do they do that? Great. So you guys can log on uh, to View.com. We are a free platform. You can watch over 10,000 hours of K-dramas. We also have our paid subscription layer where you can download unlimited. Um, It's a great time for that now. You can watch your movies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Parasite Watch your Parasite. Great. Uh, so yeah, looking forward. Follow us on Facebook, um, Instagram. Uh, we have great memes and and drama content um, across the community. Awesome. Again, thank you very much, Ari. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app that you are listening on to. And again, if we said any jargon, don't worry. We're not going to leave you hanging. Uh, we're going to put it on the show notes on hustlechair.com and follow us in the hustlechair community on Facebook if you want to be part of how we execute the show and lastly if you have any messages for us just message us on our hustle share chatbot uh, at m.me slash hustle share powered by chatbot ph Ari, thank you very much great thanks Ron. stay have safe please and i'll see you guys in the next episode peace <laughs>